2: Welcome to the special Super Bowl 57 edition of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I sit down with SiriusXM host Tony Jigsaw Catillo as he shares his thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles heading into Sunday's matchup. Also, we check in with Apple Music host Low Key as he shares his thoughts on Rihanna's return to the stage as the halftime show headliner. Chiefs Wired Managing Editor Charles Goldman sits down with Fox News host Harris Faulkner and Chiefs legendary running back Jamal Charles. But first, as always, my sit down with Charles Goldman. Do you believe the extra week off will help ease the Chiefs' injury issues? Oh, yeah. Undoubtedly.
0: Uh, I mean, that extra week off is huge, really for both teams, but especially for the Chiefs, where, I mean, Clark Hunt said it best. He was like, it it felt like we had an entire season's worth of injuries in one week, span of one week, practice, then in the game. Um, So they had some serious adversity uh, there leading up to the AFC Championship game and during but uh, that week off, I think I, I think it's going to help a lot. Um, obviously, we saw the injury report on Wednesday. Everyone except Kadarius Tony was a full participant participant in practice. Um, so the the limited practice for Tony, I don't think that's really like something that should concern Chiefs fans because if we've looked at how they've handled him with injuries before. Like, even in, you know, leading up to him returning from his hamstring injury, I think that whole week he was limited. I don't think he had a full practice at all. So um, I think they're going to be cautious with him. They're not going to want him doing too much to potentially aggravate it or, um, you know, do something that would keep him out of the game. Um, But I I fully expect him to play and be effective. Uh, Same goes for Juju. Same goes for Willie Gay. Same goes for, obviously, Mahomes. Um, and so anyhow, um, yeah, so I think, I, I think
2: that they'll, I think they'll all be good and, uh, and ready. What are your thoughts on the matchup of Jason Kelsey versus Chris Jones? You know, I, I think like, I, I want to
0: say it's like strength on strength, right? I mean, obviously two all pro players, like just great, great players on either side of the ball. Um, I, I know that people are saying, oh, Kelsey's a little bit smaller. He's more of like a finesse center, but like the, the, he knows what he's doing now. You know, are they going to have him, you know, one on one versus Chris Jones too often? Probably not. I think Jones draws probably the most double teams of any player in the NFL. Um, but, you know, it, it, he, he's going to make uh, quick work of those double teams, too. He's just that dominant. Um, I, I think the key is going to be finding the right scenarios to line Chris Jones up against the, the tackles on the edges. I think, you know, they might want to specifically line him up over Lane Johnson, who has a, a groin injury, he said that he tore his groin ahead of the NFC title game and has been playing through it. So, um, you know, that's a guy who may not be able to, you know, fully anchor and handle, you know, big old Chris Jones coming at you. Um. So, so I think they're going to want to pick their opportunities, kind of line them up against some different guys, um, and you know I think he's going to get Kelsey uh, a few times, and I think Kelsey will probably get him. That's kind of just the way it works when you've got two great players going against each other.
2: What do you believe is the biggest distraction of Super Bowl week?
0: Uh, I think it's just like all the different responsibilities you have, and it's just so different from you know, regular week leading up to a game because, you know, I mean, you saw it kind of on Wednesday with the chiefs first thing in the morning, they're bust in and talking to the media for about an hour. And then they go from there to busing back to the hotel for meetings. And then from there they go bus over to the the Arizona state facilities where they practice. And uh, it, it's just, it's a little bit different. It's not quite the same as being at your home facility Or even being, you know, traveling to a different, you know, uh, a different stadium at the end of the week for a road game. So I I think that's a big thing. Obviously, the media responsibilities are are a little bit more demanding and taxing. Um, But I've heard from players before that those aren't really, that that's no sweat for them. Uh, But it's really just, you know, these guys are creatures of habit. They get into a rhythm in the season and then this kind of disrupts it. So... I think that it's good that the Kansas City Chiefs have thirty. They have like thirty guys on the roster who have been to a Super Bowl before, so they they know, <laughs> like they they know they've been through this. They have guys they can lean on who can you know kind of um, uh, you know help along some of the younger guys who haven't been there before and um, you know help them develop a routine that works for them
2: as well. And lastly, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Now, we've got a ton, a ton of content uh, just
0: overloaded on Chiefs Wire right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a couple interviews this week. Harris Faulkner, Fox News, uh, uh, phenomenal anchor, huge Chiefs fan, um, you know, grew up working at at WDAF TV, um, and she's just a, a phenomenal person. Really, really love talking to her. It's become a Chiefs-wire tradition. I talk to her before every Super Bowl now, so I like to think maybe it's good luck. We'll, we'll find out. Um, and uh, anyhow, um, also uh, uh, I spoke with Jamal Charles as well, uh, which was kind of a really cool moment for me because I was a huge fan of his uh, growing up a Chiefs fan and what have you. So uh, that, that was really neat and, uh, you know, asked him about a bunch of different things um, we'll have articles and you'll actually probably hear some of that here shortly. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we've got great stuff from, from all of our contributors coming uh, up this weekend with uh, lots of preview content for the big game. We're all really excited here. I know you guys are too as well. And you know what we say now. Go Chiefs! Jamal, how's it going? Well, how you doing, Charles? Hey, man. It's uh, it's a pleasure to talk with you. I just have to say, before we even get started, I've uh, followed your career a long time, and I I really do uh, uh, have immense respect for your game. It was such a pleasure watching you play. Thank you, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's love.
0: Yeah, man. So, let's just hop right into it. Um, Jamal, you delivered Chiefs fans. uh, A lot of great moments on the football field. But, uh, I hear you could be delivering a special, uh, moment to fans once again should the Chiefs win Super Bowl 57. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing here with Bud Light?
1: Yeah, I'm, I know we're boring light like to make it fun for Chiefs fans, uh, for the parade, bring Bud Light to everyone and, uh, make it for everybody to enjoy. And that's, that's the, uh, Bud we are doing part, doing a good partnership with just giving Bud to everybody for parade. And I can't wait to. Hope it happens so we can, uh, and do it and enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. I think, uh, you know, bringing home this Lombardi is going to be a good one and couldn't have a, a better partnership than here with Bud Light. Um, jumping into your time, uh, with, with the Chiefs, man. Um, do you have maybe like a, a favorite memory or like a fond memory you look back on from, from your career when you see them uh, the team right now, you know, having all this success and
1: whatnot. Uh, just, just I was just uh just thankful to be a part of the organization, you know, saying because shine a light on my career. Them being successful and people can go back and see, uh, you know, saying they had some credible players before they dynasty they have now, and, and people can go look up highlights of not just me but any other former chief players that had great success, and and some of the kids that haven't even noticed. Having been, was born when I was playing, they moms and and uh they moms telling them about them. They go back and watch my highlights, so it just brings on a lot of success on on the players that been retired, instead of the current players right now.
0: Speaking of some of the current players right now, and, and even some of your highlights, I wanted to ask you about Isaiah Pacheco because uh he's kind of really emerged in the offense this season, and yep. I, I'm wondering like what wh- are, what are your thoughts on his game, but but two like when you when you watch and and see what you've seen from him this season um it, it, do you envision that he could have you know the type of success that you had in your career
1: oh yeah i think he definitely can uh that's what coach reed and look for he looks for people that can come impact the game don't matter how young you is, no matter how old if you young he he'll put you right in and uh and make you shine so he'll make you where he feel like he can put you in space to make you make you a better person, make you uh, make your game come out more, and that's what the enemy do. They do a great job of uh, they mentoring Isaiah right now and Pacheco. They, they they doing a great job of just letting him shine, let him be him. And I like him because you know what I'm saying most most offense don't don't rely on the young guys to come in and play uh, like that. But Pacheco, he he have he been having a lot of great success as as. Uh, like he's been doing this season, so I'm just happy for him. I uh, hope he can have a career like me. So, you know, if he have a career like me, I know the Chief can definitely win a Super Bowl and have some uh some in the future. So, uh, um, I wish all the best for him.
0: Absolutely. And hey, you you kind of touched on on Andy Reid a little bit there, and and Eric the Enemy and the coaching staff, and how they let kind of their players have their their own have their own personality, be their own person. I, I'm just curious, is I mean, you spent four seasons in Kansas City under Andy Reid, so what is it that really separates him from some of the other coaches that you've encountered in your career, and, and really what fuels that success that he's seen in his career?
1: He'll just take what you do best, and he he doesn't try to switch you up. He, he don't Whatever got you here, he's going to use all that stuff. Some coaches try to switch their players up and try to basically not let them be them, not let them just be who they are. Uh, that's what Coach Reed do. He let the, the, let you be who you are, your personnel shine. Everybody got different personality. I know he's, it's hard to put, you know what I'm saying? Everybody on the same page, but, but he doesn't do that. He don't care about that. He just let you be you, whoever you are, yourself. And he's go out there and basically put you in the best situation to make the team better. And that's, that's what Coach Ender Reed do. That's why everybody love and respect him because he doesn't try to tell you to switch up your character. Don't be you. He just tell you, be you, and that's, 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 that's what, that's what makes Coach Andrew Reed. Awesome.
0: And, you know, I'm curious, how do you think this Chiefs team is going to attack the Eagles in the Super Bowl? I know, you know, Andy used to get you involved a lot in the screen game, and he has one of the most uh, developed screen passing games in in the NFL. Wondering, you think we could see some screen passes in this one?
1: Uh, definitely you, uh, definitely the screen packages in and Coach Andy Reid, uh, playbook this, uh, this week coming up. Uh, you can still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely the screen packages in, uh, Coach Andy Reid, uh, playbook this week. Uh, definitely, I hope you see some, you know, cause, uh, he always been having great success in every game this year so far in the screen game. So. Uh, look out for Pacheco, McKinney definitely getting a scream or maybe Trav, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, it's crazy because you got two weeks preparing Coach Rick with, with, uh, with Costa Rica to prepare for a Super Bowl. You know, he, they can come up with all types of crazy, uh, plays right now.
0: Speaking of that, we saw like that snow globe play where they were spinning around earlier this season and they've had some creative plays even, uh, back in their Super Bowl win. Um, the, the one from like the, the Rose Bowl where they spun around also. Yeah. I'm wondering did, was there any like plays that, that were in the playbook that you guys had that were crazy like that, that you maybe didn't utilize when you were there or uh, do you remember had, one
1: that, uh, specific? We, we not quite, but we had some, uh, we really didn't have no crazy plays like he, every year cause reading got better up great plays. Creating better plays and creating plays. Uh, the only plays we had when I was, uh, we had, uh, Poe, we had, oh, yeah. uh, Poe, we had him playing the Wildcat as a, uh, deep tackle playing the quarterback. That's, that's the creating that from there. It just kept going. It's going, now it's getting out of control. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, <laughs> right. So it's, it, it improved a lot, uh, with, uh, the the creativity of uh, on the offense. It, it, it definitely, uh, it, it definitely expanded more after, uh, that Poe was, uh, the Wildcat.
0: Yeah, we might even see them, you know, use, <laughs> might even see them, uh, use that one with Colin Saunders. I think they tried to do it a little earlier this season or, or throwing the pass <laughs> or something, but it, uh-huh. it, it was kind of similar to the stuff that Poe did. I remember, I think it was 2015 Christmas when he threw the touchdown pass to Demetrius Harris. Yep. That was, mm-hmm. that, was
1: a, that yep. was a cool one. That's when it started going crazy from right there.
0: Well, Jamal, I I know we only have a few minutes left here. I I want to ask you what what's your prediction for the game? We we think's happening in the Super Bowl. Who's winning? Who's bringing home the Lombardi? I know you hope uh, it's the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, uh, I hope it's the Chiefs. So we can bring home some buttwise to the Chief fans and uh and uh the, everybody to support the Chief this year. So I'm excited. I mean, my predicting is the the Chief winning twenty to seventeen. Uh okay. I'm thinking it will be a closed game. I think the, the defense do a great job trying to contain Jalen Hurts and, and, uh, AJ Brown on outside. It, but you know so saying? We're ha- hopefully having a healthy pack coming up for the Super Bowl. I hope that our line can control the D, D- line because they have a crazy D line right now. So if we can continue, contain that D line and, 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 uh, uh make some passes down the field with pack, I think we got something
0: going. I, I like to hear it. I love to hear it. Well, Jamal, uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, and uh, thanks for taking this time, and go Chiefs.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Hey, Lo, how's it going, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, Thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to me a little bit about the Super Bowl, man. Um, yeah, hey, no problem,
3: man. This is you know fun conversation.
2: Definitely, man. Definitely, and um, I, you know, obviously the Super Bowl halftime show with Rihanna starring in it, and um, there was no better person I could think of to speak to about it, and uh, it being um, sponsored by Apple Music. I just want to jump right into it and uh, just get your thoughts on the first first hearing the announcement that uh, Rihanna was going to be headlining this year's Super Bowl. What were your thoughts?
3: Um, I mean, to be honest, you know, when it came out, you know, me, Ebro, and the Deska, you know, we, uh, we did a live show playing her music and just, you know, recapping her career and what it's been up to to this point. And it's, you know, for someone of her stature to, to touch that stage and be able to still you know, uh, be an impact, and influence, a polarizing figure, not just an R&B, but just music and, and, and a, a fashion icon, you know, that type of thing is just beautiful to have her on that stage. And now we're all wondering, like, is there a tour? Or is there an album? So, you know, we're all at the edge of our seats. And it, you know, it, it helps that, you know, Apple Music is not an official sponsor, but what a way to introduce a partnership what a way to introduce your return to music! What a way to introduce, you know, maybe a tour. Um, if it's any platform, it's either the Grammys or this. So she she did it. She's doing it
2: right. Oh, definitely, and then obviously, you know, she has all success from the um, song for for the uh, Wakanda Forever soundtrack. Uh, just um, your, what are your thoughts on just her her overall impact and uh, how she's affected not only music, but just the culture What she's done with fashion and uh, things of that nature? I mean, you know,
3: Rihanna has a very, you know, she's the the, the rebel. You know, she's the the diamond in the rough. And you know, she does things her way. Uh, She says what she wants and, you know, what she means. She's not someone that you can, you know, control or uh, censor. So this is a, uh, this is this is something that you know we love to see with a you know a black woman, you know in general. Um, but in our culture, in this culture, it's just she she runs her own she runs her own world. She runs her own dynasty. She runs her own empire. Like this is this is what you aspire to be as a young black woman coming up in the game. She's what you aspire to be as a young black man coming up in the game. She's been able to do it her own way, in her own timing you know, uh, within her own boundaries. And that's one thing you always want to see from one of your favorite artists, that they control their destiny. And I feel like she's just getting started, even though she's been around for so long.
2: Definitely. And just um, piggybacking what you were saying, and I I was watching a a recent episode of the show, Uh, you were talking about just how she even came to doing the Super Bowl, uh, considering all the things that were going on, um, a lot of the uh, protests and uh, over Colin Kaepernick and uh, a lot of people not wanting to perform, what statement do you feel like she is sending, like, uh, moving forward in, in regards to what the league is trying to do and uh, trying to be a lot more open, and a lot more and listening, I should say, a lot more to the audience?
3: Uh, you know, I, I think it, it, it helps that Hove is within that structure. Um, you know, it helps that you know you know the phrase is always better late than never um and you saw what they did last year with the super bowl with you know Dre, snoop and kendrick and uh mary of 50 and And, you know there's a bigger conversation in regards to to the nfl listening the nfl paying attention this is just outside of entertainment but this is this is a good step and getting our culture more more involved. Even though we don't need it, but, you know, it, it helps. But I do think there's a bigger conversation on how the NFL treats its players, treats their voices, um, and treats, you know, how they, what they what their experiences are, what they go through. So I do believe that there's a bigger, bigger conversation. But I'm glad to see a black woman during Black History Month on that stage, you know, just using her voice and Lord knows what she's going to say or do but I'm here for it all
2: definitely we're all looking forward to it and uh, I, I do want to ask you could I, I know you've, you've watched a ton of Super Bowls in the past is there a uh, another performance in the past that like always sticks out to you that you would consider a favorite from uh, past years
3: I mean you know the two that I can think of off top are you know just Beyonce Bruno um, Coldplay you know, Beyonce being so just black, you know, debuting that, you know, that formation, you know, the performance, what it meant, what it looked like, what it sounded like, what it felt like. Then, you know, you get on the stage and she's having a dance-off with Bruno Mars and he's paying homage to like New Jack Swinger and MC Hammer. and You know, he's doing that. So it was just like so many different elements of our culture being thrown on that stage and being represented in a beautiful way. And then obviously, you know, last year, you know, Dr. Dre, Snoop off 50 Cent, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick, Eminem. You know, you, you the I think one of the biggest things to me is like the floor design because it showed an exact replica of the map of what Los Angeles is. And because you have two iconic figures, three, I'm sorry, three iconic figures from that city up there representing hip hop in front of the world like that and they get to see exactly where you come from they get to feel the dances and the outfits and the, the slang and the the gang culture it's like you get to feel like for about 15 minutes I was a resident of Compton or I was a resident of Crenshaw or I was a resident of you know just Watts or whatever the case is and it's just beautiful that our artists that are that you know that old and I don't mean it's in a bad way that can still get up there and still represent us and still can show the world that the longevity is just getting started. You know, we could still rock the songs from 1992, 1993, but then have our, you know, the young King Kendrick up there rock out. So hip hop is just a, a beautiful, you know, bridge of language and and, and longevity so those two stick out to me but that that last year was just phenomenal that's you 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 pray that you get to see something like that again and i hope you get to see something like that this year with rihanna we don't know where she's gonna go with it but you know i hope it's an extension of what we saw last year you know just a bunch of kings and queens on that stage representing of the world
2: i agree completely and you know we're celebrating 50 years of hip-hop so uh anything's possible I know they they've been very uh quiet about certain surprises but yeah we should definitely expect something but uh before I let you go man I know you're very busy right now but uh I have a fun question for you because uh recently during the uh the beginning of the week in terms of the media scrums that they do for Super Bowl a question was asked to uh, Patrick Mahomes about what songs he listens to to get you know to get him hyped he said huh. one of his favorite songs is Dreams and Nightmare Nightmare so <laughs> So, obviously, he, you know, it's a whole Philadelphia connection with Meek Mill. He says yeah. he's probably not going to play it because of that. So, he's going to change his whole routine, you know, leading into this one game. Um, I, I just kind of just want your your opinion on that. And uh, do you feel like, uh, is there another song or any other songs that pop in your head that would, you know, if you were an athlete getting ready for a big game like this, that would get you ready?
3: Well, I mean, the first comment, the you know, first response I say to Patrick not playing it on his playlist before the game is, like, we always have this phrase that, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hmm. So, if he's gotten to this point and in, in, in this season by playing by having that song on that playlist, I don't think it's the destiny of what you you know what's about to happen. So, if they lose, that could be one of the reasons why. But um, <laughs> if I'm an athlete, if I'm a if I'm a wide receiver, if I'm a running back about to play on Sunday. I'll probably uh, PSA from uh, the Black Album. That's that's the song I'm a, mm. I'm a I'm a run with. PSA is a is a song that just it's it's straight, direct to the point. You know, you can play it anywhere. Play it at parties. Play it at church. Play it at christening. <laughs> play it
2: right.
3: Graduation. Like it's just undeniable and undeniably perfect. So. Yeah, if, I, if I'm an athlete and I had to choose, that's 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 what I'm going with it. PSA by hope.
2: I like that. That's a good choice. That's one of my favorites as well, man. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. And, um, you know, we look forward to seeing, um, watching uh, the rest of the show on Apple Music. Uh, you guys do a great job. Nadesca Ebro. So uh, just keep it going, man. Thank you again. Man, I appreciate that, bro.
0: Hi, Harris. How are you?
4: I'm well. How are you? How are we all? Uh,
0: I'm ready for this Super Bowl, I think.
4: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I i am so excited that the city gets to experience this again, and I just hope that Patrick's going to be okay.
0: You know, I, uh, I get the indication that he's going to be just fine.
4: Oh, yeah? Oh, Good good well i'm thrilled to talk to you
0: i know it's been uh it's been too long i feel like the last time i i spoke with you was ahead of uh super bowl 55 so we've we've spent a full year without without a chat feels too long
4: (laughs) i know (laughs) it's so true well here we go with 57 let's see
0: what we can do all right so um I guess just uh, first off, how are you? And um, I, I guess update us and, and our fans on uh, what's been what's been going on in the world of Harris Faulkner.
4: Well, I have spent at least ten weeks on the New York Times bestseller list with uh, my number one placement on that list debut, "Faith Still Moves Mountains," and that was. It's an amazing event in my life something that i could never have really looked upon and said oh yeah this is going to happen i mean i wrote that book in 90 days and it's part of our new fox news books in print along with harper collins so we're they're they're kind of breaking out and doing their own thing fox news is and so i think i've been one of the first four or five of those books and the longest to sit in those positions that i listed you and um it's just been amazing, and it's a divine assignment on my life. You know, I've never been one to prophesize, that's not the role that the Lord has asked of me, but I've also been really honest ever since my time, especially in Kansas City when people would ask me to visit their mega churches and talk with them, and um, I've never been shy about, foundationally, the role of prayer and faith in my life. Uh, I was stalked in Kansas City. I, I wrote a book called Breaking News, God Still Has a Plan. And it was at a really, really rough time in my life. And I was really questioning God and pulling away, leaning out. And this book is based on my journalism and being a witness to people's high and low points and telling the story honestly from somebody who understands how to ask the questions about what happens when you decide to lean back into the Lord and what he does to lean into you. So it's just been amazing. It's not about me. It's about other people and their faith walks. And I think that's what the reading public needed because books are arriving in my office now for me to autograph. I have done book signings. I've done (laughs) done events. I've gone everywhere. I haven't come to Kansas City yet, and I want to do that if they want me. Oh, I'm Um, sure they do. I would love to do that, but at the same time, I realized that people are still buying this book and giving it as a gift and wanting the stories that are in it and the glossy insert of of original prayers that I wrote on seven or eight topics to get people started again. Your words don't have to be perfect. And um, I I, I think it was just the message that was meant to be. And the divine assignment on my life was to go get it done, be the witness, tell the stories, and some of them are written in the headlines, things that I've covered. Some are more historical. And others were completely new to me. So it, the journey has been amazing and continues to be. So that's probably the biggest thing. I now have teenagers. Since we last spoke, I have two teenagers.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> so when
4: you and I talked, I had a preteen, and my older daughter had just turned into teenagehood. But now I have an eighth grader and a tenth grader, and they are doing amazing things. Both of them, and um, and my husband and I are just professional Uber drivers now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. We drive them around.
0: That that is that is what the role uh, becomes when when they become teenagers and have all the stuff going on and
4: <laughs> and not quite a license.
0: Yeah. Well, so I, I guess uh, doubling back to to your book, I I had read um, a review somewhere and it was. It was saying that it, it wasn't even always necessarily the stories that were told, but the way that they were told. And um, I, I'm just curious, um, you know, looking at what we saw at the end of the NFL season with the entire NFL world and even beyond the NFL world unified in prayer for, for Bill's safety Demar Hamlin, I'm just curious your reaction seeing all that unfold um, and, and, you know, how that maybe even fits in. Um, with some of these stories that, that you helped tell?
4: Well, I wasn't surprised by it. I had, just before that happened, interviewed Tim Kennedy, who was a um, football coach whose case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court late last year, trying to fight to keep his job as a football coach, who also prayed with his... Um, his players, and it took several years to go through all the courts, reach the U.S. Supreme Court, and they ruled in his favor. And that sent spiritual shockwaves to the system because what DeMar Hamlin reminded us of is how dangerous that sport is. And if you think it's dangerous in the NFL, where you've got millions of dollars for player worth of gear, imagine how it is for younger kids and high schoolers where you don't have all of that, where you don't have life-saving doctors on the field. Um, and and parents pray all the time in those instances. I have a young gymnast, that girl can fly. She just won her first solid gold medal because usually at the younger ages, they just give you something that's painted gold. Yeah. But at 13, she got a nine, seven on the ball. Like she, she can ball. Okay. And she's been doing this since she was eight and I'm so proud of her. But my prayer is not about winning. It's always about her being happy in her sport, doing it for as long as she can do it, and being healthy while at it. And I think a lot of parents feel that way. And I was not shocked that NFLers and and, and professional athletes across the board were willing this time not to knee, not to fall on a knee out of politics, but to get down on a knee to pray because. Anybody connected with risky sports, and many of them are, and any parent would understand that those moments are so critical to pray for your children. And I think we're ready as a nation to concede after a pandemic and all the crime in our streets and the things that have gone wrong, but some things that have gone right too. That's a Mar Hamlin story with prayers answered. It was beautiful to see people come together and a reminder that when we do the Lord leans into us. And for that occasion, it was all about Damar. And I'm, I'm so proud to be on a team of spiritual warriors across the board who are not shy, who are not apologetic at all for being in the public eye and strong in our faith. And so I, I look at that as, as a reminder for us, but also for me, it's just more testimony in the faith walk. Um, Miracles happen around us all all the time, every day We just don't see them necessarily covered And we don't talk about them I think the gossip and the negative stuff is what we tend to be You know, through social media and so on and so forth It's what we tend to be inundated with But can you imagine a social media page all about miracles And that's all they ever did? Set up like Twitter? Oh, I think it would be bigger than Twitter I mean, if, we, if you just want to look at my page alone, how many people have had miracles and are now talking about it? Yeah. It's, a, it's an everyday thing. It's an every hour thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I just am grateful to be witness to it. And as far as where we go next in all of this, let's not wait until a guy has been hit so hard that his heart stops. Pray before the storm. Let's remind each other that we are mighty with that impenetrable spiritual weapon of prayer. We are mighty with that. Let's pray for each other. And look, politics are going to come apart. I understand that. People are going to, you know, whatever they do. But I was really proud of this nation and proud of the NFL that when they played in those last season games before the playoffs, the national anthem. Everybody was standing. We stand for the flag. We kneel when we pray. And I'm not sure about that. There are a lot of people who look like me who would be angry that I say it. But I'm unapologetic with who I am. Cool.
0: Speaking of the, the national anthem. I know last time we spoke, we spoke about you singing the the anthem uh, at a Chiefs game. I believe it was in 90. Was it 99? It was 99, I think.
4: Yeah, I think so. And actually, it was who were they playing? The Tampa
0: Bay Buccaneers? It was the Buccaneers, yeah, which is why we were, we were talking about it, because the Chiefs were about to play the Buccaneers. But I was just wondering, because um, the, the the AFC title game, uh, the Chiefs had uh, United States Navy veteran General Wilson out to see Oh, that. I know him! Okay, well, I want to know, one, if you knew him, but also, yeah. I mean... I, I remember seeing an image ahead of the game, and Chris Jones—he had a tear running down his eye during. Yeah,
4: I uh, saw that
0: too. Yeah, and I—I I don't even know what my question is here, really. But I, I mean, have you have you ever heard a rendition of the national anthem that was so evocative and inspirational um, that that you know that something like that you know happened—the the tear, but also the—you know—it feels like it almost inspired this monstrous performance from from Chris Jones. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. When she sang it, I don't know where that came from. I think it came all the way from Newark, New Jersey, in that church where she used to sing Mm -hmm. Gospel. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, General is an amazing, amazing person. Um, A beautiful family man, a leader, former military. I met him in the green room um, outside the studio where my shows are every day. Yeah. The Faulkner Focus and Outnumbered. And he had just come on Fox and Friends and we met, this was before the pandemic, I think. And we kept in touch for a little while, mainly through um, Instagram because we, you know, I support, I see he goes all over the place. Yeah. But um, what a guy. I mean, just loves this country. He reminds me a lot of the premise, the, the attitude of my father and those black men he served with, who at a time in the mid-60s and 70s during the Vietnam War, when and even before that a bit, when this country was really, really struggling in civil rights, and my dad would be asked, I don't remember this because I was a tiny baby, but it's been told to me by my parents and other family members through the years because they just couldn't believe he would say it, but he said it. America has the most potential of any country on the planet. We are struggling, but we're struggling together. And in the end, we'll come out in a different place with progress. Will it be perfect? No, it never will be. But we're living in some of those days of of progress. And will it ebb and flow? Yeah, we're human beings, but we're not where we used to be. And I believe as he does, or did, we lost him on Christmas of 2020 on that day. I believe as he did that, and, and men like General always remind us of this too, when they sing the national anthem, That love of country is something that we shouldn't take lightly. There are people who are trying to escape their countries, a lot of them. Ours is worth fighting for. And if spiritual warfare is needed, let's pray for our country. If big, beautiful voices are what's needed to remind us that we are more alike than we are different, please let that man sing again and again and again.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And my, my goodness, when he sung that anthem uh, at Arrowhead, I thought he was going to bring the place down. I mean, it, it was just phenomenal. It was phenomenal.
4: perfect. The timing was perfect. The Lord knew exactly what he was doing.
0: Yeah. Now, <laughs> d- doubling back to maybe less less than perfect, um, <laughs> I know that you deal with, with politicians on a daily basis. And I'm really, I'm curious to know what your reaction was to all the, the stuff with the Cincinnati mayor before the, the AFC championship game.
4: Oh, Mr. Bulletin board material.
0: Yeah, yeah, that guy.
4: Isn't that his actual born name? <laughs> didn't somebody give him that name when he was born? Because if they didn't, they should have. Well, By tra- the way, Travis Kelsey i called I him a jabroni. the Chiefs fans, nobody in that locker room, no Chiefs fan would ever give the opposition... That much ammunition on the field. Yeah. That's my hope going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, we've been there before. Yeah, we won. It took us 50 some years to get there the first time and win. But we should be nothing but humble. Yeah. And I have all the faith in Kansas City, and we're just, you know, we're a little bit different as fans. We come on, we know better than that. But you want to talk about some bulletin board material? I mean, it was like straight out of. Hollywood casting—they found this guy. Like, go in there and rattle up the other team. He was right on cue. Yeah. Like, wow, somebody paying him to do this. <laughs> I, it was amazing. I I think he should not do
2: politics
4: and go into acting.
0: I mean, I I might, I might agree with you there. I, it was funny because I think Andy Reid said, uh, you know, after after that whole ordeal and after the game was said and done, he he said something like. um, Uh, I'm I'm glad that our our mayor stayed quiet, and I'm sure that that Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, wasn't too thrilled about that. But uh, my goodness, yeah, I
4: mean it's 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 an overreach of epic proportions. But the whole Boroughhead thing, like, people want to be funny. Look, don't take it personally. But when the mayor, when the mayor says a man is owned by another man. I mean, you just have to question his judgment.
0: Yeah, that, that, that was a little bit. A little, a little bit
4: I silly. mean, I don't know where he thought he was going. I don't know if he thought people would think that that was funny, that it was inspiring. But I saw social media tweets. I even saw it on friendly Instagram. Right. The Canadians were not happy. No, they and, didn't. I mean, I don't know what they thought was going to happen, but they did not think their mayor was going to say that. No. He didn't represent them well, and um, but he said other stuff too. Because I know they had a rally, and he was feeling it. He it was a whole vibe with this mayor. Yeah. Um. I haven't really heard much from him. Has he said anything? Since
0: you know, I think um, I think he actually took it pretty well uh, with with the loss and everything, and and handled that a little bit better than than. Than he did uh, the the whole trash you know talking what? scenario to
4: begin they with. They have a heck of a team, and that quarterback, and and they're t- they're really a special group of players. And I would hope that that mayor would show some leadership and say, "Look, I may I may have I may not have helped your cause, but I believe in you." Yeah, yeah, I maybe think, he can do that. I, That'd be classy, right? I
0: I think it would. I think it would. So, I mean, this year. Hey, I'm curious your perspective on the Chiefs, um, having been a, a fan for so long. This was supposed to be kind of a, a rebuilding year for for Kansas City. You know, they traded away Tyreek Hill, let some other veterans go in free agency, and you know they drafted a bunch of this this wave of young talent. Are you at all surprised to see them back in the Super Bowl? All things considered.
4: Well, they brought in great players. And as we saw with some quarterbacks, um, Patrick Mahomes was at spring training—or not spring training, excuse me—was at was at training camp this summer and really got to know those receivers and those running backs. Yeah. Um, I won't name names, but there's at least one quarterback who thought he didn't need to do that. <laughs> and, uh, um. So I I do think that. Tyreek Hill is very, very special. But when you bring in no fewer than eight to ten other people, they don't all do the same job. So I kind of always got confused when people would say, oh, look, it took, you know, all these people to replace Tyreek Hill. Actually, it didn't. You can't replace a talent like that. What you can do is reorder your game. You know, if, if suddenly they lose, Patrick Mahomes, you see Chad Henning went down there and got that 98-yard touchdown, right? Right. Yeah, because <laughs> dude went out. And what do we do now? I, I think Andy Reid is so gifted. And I, I think Eric the I think those guys are so gifted that it is amazing what the defense and offense can do. You need a leader, and Patrick Mahomes is special. And he was the first one to congratulate Chad Hennon. And and I'm sure those guys talk all the time about what it's going to be like if we switch up. And I just feel like Andy Reid has them prepared, Patrick has the leadership, and he's got some people who stayed. I mean, look, Travis Kelsey, if he's as much of an important player on that team as
0: But, seems uh, like every week he's breaking a new record. <laughs>
4: yeah, and I mean, God bless him. I know I do this for a living as, you know, doing the news. Sometimes you, you talk about all those stats and things um, because you want to give people a little something extra as they watch whatever they're watching. Yeah. And some of the games were defense battles. Like, these, not all of them were really high scoring. So you got to talk about something. I mean, their defense is so good now. Yeah. that when they played, team, I thought the first half of the Cincinnati game, I wasn't really sure, well, what's going to happen here? Is anybody going to score more? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what's going on? And it is because Kansas City has worked on the rest of its game.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, and as you saw with Joe Burrow, I mean, that's another guy who's a great leader. He's in there with their, with his guys. Yeah. But Kansas City had something special. I mean, that was standing the mayor. Put him aside. I mean, just in general. But some of the players that they brought in, um, first of all, Pacheco. You, you, have, you have a running game now with guys that get yards after, after catch, after you slide that ball in their hands. They're just spinning and doing whatever they got to do to get more yardage. I mean, it's impressive. It's really impressive. Um I I don't I don't think that one person, like I said, is everything. But now they have Valdez Scatling. I mean they they they've got some names now. They really, really do. And look, I, I think in terms of wide receivers, as I just mentioned, Scatling, you've got Kadarius Toney. I don't know how he's doing. Is he still hurt?
0: He's got a, an ankle thing going on, but I, I think he's going to okay. end up playing.
4: You do. Yeah. You do. Um, and I... Travis Kelsey, you've got to have somebody else to go to. So that when you do go to him, you sting him. Yeah. And I love watching that. <laughs> so, do we miss Cheetah? Of course we do. But we got a lot going. I, mean, I know I didn't name them all, but we got a lot going on. And, uh, Absolutely. And more people now that can do things that will surprise defenses. By the way, what was that thing called where they were rolling around? It was like a donut.
0: Uh, the, <laughs> snow <globe? laughs> the, the, the snow play. globe.
4: The snow globe. I mean, Andy Reid, come on! Can you design my life? <laughs> I mean, I want Andy Reid to come up with some ways that I should when I'm walking. I want to, like, have a game like that where, oh, look at Harris just did, like, a spin.
0: <laughs> well, it, it, I want that. It was a little, I mean, wow. little reminiscent of the play they had in the, the Super Bowl that they took from, like, the 1940 Rose Bowl or something like that, where where they all kind of just, like, shifted. Everybody did a spin before they snapped the ball. <laughs> but um...
4: Oh, yeah. It was kind of reminiscent. And then what was the one that they did in the last... Well, he does a lot of those, like, little shuffle passes where you don't know where the ball's going because you can't even see what he sees. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. I really do. I, I probably and didn't give a shout-out because I don't know. How is the Schuster now? Is the shoulder okay?
0: Yeah, I think he. I think he's going to be all right, too. I get the sense that, that most everyone outside of Nicole Hardman's going to end up playing.
4: Yeah. Oh, I was sad to see that. Yeah
0: now yeah.
4: but you know what it's it's a it's a dangerous game yeah. and I love what Bob Costa says and this was around the talk of concussions and protecting quarterbacks he said this in an interview that I watched and I think it's so true about a lot of sports even my daughter you can make them safer certainly and we should do everything that we can to, to do that but you can't make football safe yeah because it is a risky sport and much to the credit to these young men, and everybody's young to me, by the way, because I've gotten older, but much to the credit of all these, these players, except for maybe Tom Brady, um, they just are amazing. They're amazing athletes, and I'm always in awe, and they do get hurt, and then they battle through. Like, how did Patrick get that gear? He got that gear, didn't he?
0: <laughs> he, he did. He
4: not it down.
0: <laughs> it, it's incredible too because I think he was recorded his his fastest speed of the whole season came on that play when he's got the ankle injury in his heart uh, just remarkable I
4: didn't know that that was
0: just really? yeah
4: okay. well my husband and I were watching and there were only a few seconds left and I said if they're going to do it Patrick's going to have to do it and we both went can that happen? and a few seconds later it happened
0: it <laughs> happened yeah
4: Wow. All right. So I've done all the talking. I do want to know what, who, do, you know, the the line has moved back and forth. Where are we now? I,
0: who's going to win? I I think right now Philly is still favored. Um, really? I, I I don't agree with that, but. <laughs> I, well, their quarterback is good. Yeah. You know, it's interesting yeah, because one one of the big arguments, I guess, or points that people like to point out is that the, the Eagles have kind of had a weaker schedule, specifically when it comes to quarterback play. You know, they haven't gone up against the the same caliber of quarterbacks that, say, the, the Chiefs have. And they certainly haven't faced someone who, who's remotely on Patrick Mahomes' level. So, people are thinking that, that Mahomes might be able to, quote-unquote, expose the Eagles' defense. Um... I, I I'm not so sure I'm there, but I think this game's gonna be higher scoring than than even Vegas is anticipating.
4: Really? Yeah. Well, um, didn't they play San Diego?
0: Um, no, they. I don't think they played Los Angeles this year. I think. What the the I think the best quarterback by by uh, quarterback rating that they faced was Dak Prescott with the Cowboys. Oh, that, was, yeah. that was a couple of weeks back, and and he was able to put up forty points on their defense. Mind you, I don't think that Jalen Hurts was playing in that game, or maybe that was the he game wasn't that he covered. Yeah.
4: So, yeah. He well, wasn't playing in that
0: game. Certainly and different. You keep scenario.
4: the ball out of his hands. Philly does not have the defense that Kansas City has, but you know the mobility is 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 always the question because Jalen Hurts is one of the fastest in the NFL. Yeah. And uh, the, his mobility as a quarterback is something to be reckoned with. And that's, you know, when you tell me that you think Patrick's feeling as good as he can at this point. I mean, a high ankle sprain can take three months to heal
1: yeah.
4: or longer. But he's got the best of the business doing his physio. So I'm sure, you know, he's so far ahead of what you and I would be. But, um, but the mobility of the quarterback is going to be important. Although I read a stat recently. That
0: said, he led the NFL in touchdowns from the pocket. Is that true? I, I believe so. He he's he's kind of evolved his like, game that a little bit. Seem I mean, he's always been really good from from the pocket, but um, he, he uh, this year especially, without you know having that safety net uh, of of Tyree Kill, having all these new guys, he's uh, he's kind of evolved his game a little bit.
4: Well, and. You make a beautiful point. When you were saying before, how much would we miss Tyreek, I, I think that one of the big adjustments that Andy Reid has made with Patrick Mahomes is saying you don't have to be the savior every time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't have to throw interceptions trying to do something that's an occasion you didn't have to rise to. Right. And I, I think that's a really good lesson in life to learn, that, you know, sometimes you play within yourself, which these are all platitudes of sports. You can tell I live with athletes. But, you know, you play within yourself so that you complete things. And then when it's time to do the bomb move, you got it. And I love where Patrick's game is right now. I think he's got that down. And, you know, I always look for silver linings. I think that having this downtime, coming back from an injury, he will develop different things because you know he's brilliant. And Andy Reid will help him. And I think Philly's defense is going to have a problem because it's going to be hard to read a guy like that. It's like, well, wait—he was hurt two weeks ago. Now, what is he doing? So I'm excited. Can you tell I'm excited? I,
0: I can tell you're excited, and I hear I hear you're going to the game this year. So
4: I oh, mean, what? No. what? I'm taking my daughter Bella, my 16-year-old, the older one, and uh, we're going to do some mommy-daughter time.
0: There you go. And, and yeah. I, I imagine that that is what one of the things you're, you're most looking forward to. But watching the game, what what are, what are you most looking forward to about that?
4: You know, I, I always want it to be something that makes history in terms of maybe whatever it is. Maybe there's going to be an amazing play that Patrick and Travis have together. Or maybe there's somebody else on the team that he's going to have it with. Maybe he makes it himself. You know, Patrick is almost so good he could Throw the ball and catch it. (laughs) I'm a fangirl. Um, But I I really ultimately think that it's Black History Month, and it's pretty darn special that there are two African-American quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. I don't make a whole lot of that because I know that our country is progressing and going forward. But even with all of our progress, we can recognize it. And celebrate that so um, I hope they both do well I hope our guy does better Is that fair?
0: I, fair. I think I think that's perfectly fair <laughs> Harris it was wonderful catching up with you and, and chatting again I don't I don't want to keep you too long here so I'll I will let you go but uh, it, it's always such a pleasure to to chat with you about Chiefs football and and everything
4: Thank you so much. I am
2: so glad that we got to talk again, Charles. Hey, Tony, how's it going? This is Ed from Chiefs Wire. Hey, hey, what's up, buddy? How are you? Big game this Sunday. Uh, I just want to get your initial thoughts on just the Eagles making it this far to the um, back to the Super Bowl.
5: Yeah, listen, it's been a, a, an exhilarating year, to say the least, right? I mean, this is something that I would say outside of Philadelphia, a lot of people didn't expect. Uh, I will say I'm in the minority a little bit because uh, there was a lot of people talking 10-11 wins, and I, I was consistently saying 12-13. Uh, to 13, I thought this team was a lot better than people were giving them credit for. A lot of people were basing a lot of their perception on the fact that Jalen Hurts finished pretty poorly in the, the Tampa Bay playoff game last year, and they weren't sure what to make of him. But um, being a hard worker and being a student of the game, he's just continued to lead this team. Uh, and it's really hard to, to turn a blind eye to see how much success that they've been, been able to have this year.
2: Definitely. And, I, and I, I do believe, like, before the injury, he was highly favored in regards to the MVP voting. Uh, so that, you know, he still had a great season, but it would have been interesting if he didn't have the injury and he would have played those uh, last couple of games. Yep. But uh, no, I, I I agree. But uh, just taking a look at the offense in general, um, what do you think? Uh, just besides Jalen Hurts, uh, what has gotten this this team like gotten them together and uh, just to be so efficient with the wide receivers? Obviously, the addition of Brown and and uh, just they've gotten so so many different places. Uh, on the team that they, that they've gotten improvements from, so what did you see from your point of view?
5: Yeah, you know it's, it's a great question because you know if you guys know the you know the history of Philadelphia Eagles, you know in my opinion the greatest quarterback to ever play for the Eagles is Donovan McNabb, and the one thing that five never had was a supporting cast until they finally traded for To, and that last year and a half, right? So you know they finally in this. Generation said, you know what, we're going to give Jalen as many weapons. Uh, as he can have at his disposal to be that next guy. No excuses, right? If if, if he was going to come into this season and not have a good year, it was going to be because of Jalen Hurts, not because of the supporting cast. And the one thing I will say is I have a ton of respect for Andy Reid. I, I love Andy Reid as a coach. Uh, you know, sometimes people's time just, you know, wears thin. And you have to move on and he's doing great things again in Kansas City. But the one thing he always said, the, the first free agent signing for Andy Reid, in the Philadelphia Eagles era, was John Runney. And the first thing he said was, you build teams through the trenches, that's how you win games. And that's the one thing... That has continued to be the, the, the all-star platform for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and that's because we have three pro bowlers on the offensive line. And, you know, our defensive line led the league in sacks. And, and, and that's our strength. So I think that's going to be, you know, the important part of this game. It's going to be basically our offensive line against the defensive line, you know, of the Kansas City Chiefs and vice versa. And I think that offensive line is, is, is why we've been so successful.
2: Yeah, I'm happy you brought that up because one of the big matchups that I'm looking forward to is uh, Jason Kelsey and Chris Jones. Uh, Those two should be uh, meeting each other a lot during the game. Uh, What do you expect uh, from that situation? Obviously, Chris Jones having a great season. What do you expect in regards to the way they're going to try and block him this time around?
5: Yeah, you know, it's it's a great great topic. You know, I was talking about this the other night on another program I was on, and, and I think you know, trying to be unbiased. You know, obviously you know that our offensive line is anchored by two studs and Jordan Mayalada and Lane Johnson. And and this is gonna be a different task because now that that pass rush is gonna come up the middle, uh, you know, mm. with Chris Jones. So now Isaac Salomalu and and, and Dickerson and Kelsey are gonna have a tall order in front of them. Now, I will say it's hard for me. Yeah, I'm not going to say I feel comfortable, but what I will say is I, I I am not as scared only because I trust our Pro Bowl middle. But I will say that Chris Jones is one of my favorite players on the defensive line. He's having unbelievable. He reminds me of Fletcher Cox four years ago in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just basically unstoppable. So I think you're going to see. One thing I will say, I think you're going to see a lot of, of double teams, which is odd for the Eagles, and because I think they're going to hold in Dallas Goddard to block a little more on the edge, which is going to push that, that right guard over with Kelsey to kind of be able to chip and, and double team at Chris Jones, I think that's the only way they're going to be able to contain him.
2: Yeah, I can definitely see that. And uh, just by seeing uh, what we see from Nick Sirianni, he's very aggressive. He's not afraid to take some chances. Um, what is something that you you've enjoyed about him as the head coach? Yeah, man,
5: I'll tell you. you know, it's funny, you know, for people, and, and and I'm one of those people that I'm fully transparent when I say I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and, and I I blasted the Nick Sariani hire when he hmm. got up in front of that podium and couldn't string a couple words together. I was like, who hired this dope man? This is this is unbelievable. Like, this is really our head coach, and I'll tell you what, man, this from the the, the attitude. To, to the aggression, uh, you know, and, and, and this is what I'll say. The one thing that I think that nobody is is put in perspective in the national narrative is there is a ton of guys on this Philadelphia Eagles team that are in one year deals, which means they need to get paid next year. So if you're for, for a head coach to be able to preach a team culture with Seven to 12 guys that are on the, the level of trying to get paid and, and taking the individuality out of it, it, it is, it is a, a trophy in itself. And, and the one thing, uh, you know, to get back to your actual question that I really loved about Seriani is he's not afraid to change it up. You know, it, you know he. if something's not working, you know, he, he's quick on the adjustment. Let's do something different. Um, you know, we've watched this in a couple games, and I think that's going to happen in this game where you're going to see Jalen Hurts run a lot more uh, than he's had because I think that's the only way we're going to be able, you know, to basically score most of our points at the beginning as
2: Chiefs. I definitely hear that, and uh, just looking at the other side of the ball, and – having to slow down Patrick Mahomes and the uh, Chiefs' offense. The the defense, obviously, is known for uh, rushing the passer. Um, I, I believe broke the record for, yeah. uh, for sacks. So when you see the way um, the defense is set up for the Eagles, what's the biggest obstacle with trying to contain Patrick Mahomes?
5: No, I think the biggest obstacle is, is, is trying to contain Patrick Mahomes. It's simple as <laughs> that.
2: He's <a>
0: future <laughs> Hall of
5: Famer, right? I mean, you know, and I, you know listen, I love Jalen Hurts, and, and I think Jalen Hurts' future is extremely bright, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is on the stage all by himself. And, and one thing I will say, you know, for everybody out there in Kansas City that hasn't watched the Philadelphia Eagles, I think the one matchup to watch is, you know, we, we have a guy that doesn't get a lot of play, Uh, in in an notoriety in avante Maddox. and we have another guy in cj gardner johnson that you know we traded for from the saints who led the league in interceptions before he got hurt as well those two guys are going to be a huge factor in this game and the reason why i say that is because your boy travis kelsey uh, you know, loves to terrorize people across the middle mm-hmm. and and the one thing that we're going to have to do is utilize him with, with these two guys um, so, you know, I think the matchup to really keep our eyes on is going to be Maddox um, you know, against Kelsey, it's going to be TJ Gardner-Johnson against Kelsey because the guys like Kazir White who's a very athletic linebacker is going to have to spy Patrick Mahomes and TJ Edwards is going to have to worry about McKinnon running out of the backfield so, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of you know X's and O's in this game, but they're the matchups, I think we need to watch
2: for. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. And you know, I always look at the um, the cornerbacks. Uh, you guys have de- um, very good corners. You know, if you talk yes. about the veterans and uh, uh, guys that make plays, uh, the Chiefs will go a lot to Kelsey, but you got Juju Smith out there. Marquez Valdez had a huge game against uh, uh, against the Jaguars as well as um, the Bengals. So. It'll be interesting to see what the decision is. Is there going to be a double at any time? Um, I, I'm just really curious to see how the Eagles play because it's a strong defense. Uh, you saw what they yeah. did against the 49ers. You saw what happened. Um, it, 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 they all season what they did against the Giants. I don't even count that game. That was, <laughs> you know, that, that was just. Is <laughs> a point that you forget that it was a playoff game? So. Yeah,
5: yeah, that was a, that was a bloodbath.
2: So definitely but um i do want to get your uh your, your thoughts here what if you had to give a prediction i know you have the eagle side that you know you want to give that that score but if you had to give your honest prediction what's to score and who wins
5: so i i will say this number one I'm extremely excited i I, I don't think we could ask as football fans to be to, to have a better matchup I, you know, and and the one thing I always say is I, I get very spiritual sometimes. I talk about sports, you know, you know, shout out to the goat, um, one of the goats because he's not the goat because Michael's still my guy, mm-hmm. but LeBron for breaking the you know the, the the points record last night. And the one thing I always say is you know I've been blessed in my lifetime. I'll be forty five years old to be able to not just say this guy's the goat or that guy's the goat to say look I watched. MJ in his prime, Kobe in mm-hmm. his prime, LeBron in his prime. And right now we're going to get to see Jalen Hurts and we're going to get to see Patrick Mahomes. And it, it, it's going to be a slugfest. You're seeing the elder statesman in and Andy Reid, who's a Hall of Fame coach. And you see next Sirianni, who's trying to bring him, his level up in that new breed of coaching, right? So um, extremely unbiased here. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, in my opinion, have been the best team in the NFL all year, bar none. Um, you know, in the AFC... Even though the Chiefs were always there, it was always, is it going to be the Bengals? Is it going to be the Bills? it's going to be the Chiefs? I think, you know, even though they have Patrick Mahomes, I, I still think their, their, their wide receivers are very limited right now. I think that their secondary can be beat. Uh, but, again, you know, anything can happen on any given Sunday. Uh, I just think that the Philadelphia Eagles, the only team that beats the Philadelphia Eagles, in my opinion, is the Philadelphia Eagles. So,
3: mm-hmm.
5: um, you know, if Jalen plays the way he can play, my prediction—I've been saying this for a week and a um, half—is Eagles thirty-eight, Chiefs thirty-four. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be an exciting game, and I think it's going to go all the way down to the end.
2: Okay, I like it. That's a that's a real hey, it's a legit breakdown. Um, I hope they're nice to you on Twitter. You know what <laughs> like we do. Uh... Since it's published, but I know you're ready for it. You've, you've dealt with a lot more. So
5: Hey, man, listen. Thank you. My nickname is Jigsaw for a reason, so I, I do not mind the heat, man. I tell everybody, bring it. I'll go right back. It's not a
2: problem. Tony, uh, thank you again, man. I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we're looking forward to a big game this Sunday.
5: Yeah, man, anytime, anytime. I appreciate it, and uh,
2: good luck to you guys, too. All right, man, good luck. Take care. Thank you. I want to take a moment and thank our guests, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo of SiriusXM, for sharing his thoughts on Philadelphia, Low Key from Apple Music, Harris Faulkner from Fox News, and legendary Chiefs running back, Jamal Charles. Do not forget to follow us on Twitter at the Chiefs Wire. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next week and enjoy the Super Bowl.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any